right, ladies and gentlemen, sports fans, welcome back to another edition of the TMG podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne of TMG, joined, and we've got the, the whole crew again. We're on a hot streak here. Herb Gould, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, and Jersey guy Mark Loudson, uh, all uh, all on the air, Scott on Skype hotline, ready to roll. And before we get going, we always, as usual, we'll thank our sponsor, APA Games, APBAGames.com, uh, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games, and we know this firsthand because most of us, I think, have received our... Uh, I, I got the baseball in the, in the football edition, and I'm about ready to crack open baseball after a few more tutorials from Jersey Guy, who's been playing this since he's a little small child. I think since Mickey Mantle's first year, I think. Uh, <laughs> when was 51, Mickey? Uh, 61. Rod, Rod, right. is, Rod is all running there. What was Mickey's first year? With the, he, I know you're a 51. big Mickey fan. 51. That's, well, that's when Appa, mm. that's when Appa Games... Well, yeah, that was... Uh, I was I, I I was a little bit before me. I was preschool then, so I couldn't deal with, deal with it there. But but by the time he was a, no won the MVP in '56, I was ready to go. That what's your was that your first memory of Mickey Mantle? What's your first most uh, impressive uh, memory of him? Was that the uh, World Series? It's, it's going to sound strange. Hitting a home run in Washington D.C. You look it up off of Chuck Stobbs that went 565 feet. I think it was 1953. Mm-hmm. I had that baseball card. Wow. Special commemorative card. Uh, I, th- I think it was in Griffith Stadium in Washington, and I think it went 565 feet. Wow. Yeah. You are, you are correct, sir. That's back when they yeah. re- when they used like re- they really used tape measure, right? Not la- right. laser right. or what, they're, what are they using now? <laughs> <laughs> but let's get. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Oh man, I I, I don't know where to get this to start, but I know where I'm going to start. I'm going to start <laughs> with with uh, with quarterbacks. <laughs> With quarterbacks transferring and not and and not just being disgruntled, but uh, I did some uh, I punched some numbers on this. Of course, I can't find them right now. They were just in front of my face. But if you look at what's going on at at Clemson, who's eating candy? I hear somebody eating candy. If you who's got a, is that a is that a a, a Luton's cough drop or something? Uh, anyway. Let's look at the uh, the quarterback uh, Kelly Bryant just announced he was he was going to be transferring from Clemson. We have uh, we obviously had a quarterback change in um, Alabama this year, starting quarterback change, and also Herbie uh, in your your neck of the woods with uh, with Notre Dame. The remarkable thing about this is these quarterbacks who got benched. Uh, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go by memory because I added, we're, we're 54 and seven <laughs> as starting quarterbacks, and that's not good enough today. Uh, Tony, let's bring you in on this because the hot story now is uh, Kelly Bryant, I guess, officially announcing he's going to be transferring after getting right. after getting uh, beat out for the starting job. How? What is going on here? We're not talking about well obvious needs for change. We're talking about quarterbacks who are winning at a very very high level that are that are getting sat down now. Well, let's let's start let's start at Clemson. It, it, it was a situation that was bound to happen. Here's the reality: Dabo Sweeney is looking around at the world. He sees what's going on in Alabama, what Tua Tagovailoa is doing. He understands 
that Kelly Bryant can win an ACC championship for him because he's done it. Kelly Bryant can get him to the playoffs, okay? But he's not going to beat Alabama with Kelly Bryant as his quarterback because last year he couldn't do it because Kelly Bryant went 17 to 38 in the Sugar Bowl, all right? So he knows knows that Trevor Lawrence, after a four games, is a generational talent. And it's a hard decision for a coach to make, but he knows he's got to make it. This this is about this is about getting to the playoffs. Kelly well, Tony, is there is isn't there something else there? Is I mean I read the story is is that um, Brian wants to play wants to play next year. And, yes. And, and, but 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 he he used up his four games, so so he, he's got to start. He's got to leave after this week because he's got no more games to play. If he plays another game, he he loses the year, doesn't he? Like, that's exactly right. That, so that's, that's that's the reason. That's the reason he's transferring now is because he absolutely. had and he had no choice. All right, Jersey guy. He next. was informed. He was informed on Sunday that Trevor Lawrence was going to start right. the next game, and he looks around at his his decision. His decision is actually a pretty easy one. He right. can ride the bench the rest of the year at Clemson, or because he has only played in four games, he can transfer and be eligible as a graduate uh, transfer next year someplace else. And um, uh, and, and I, I don't blame the kid. He, I really no, absolutely not. That, that, that's the absolute best. Uh, uh, he, he, he's got a chance to pull Russell Wilson or something. Tony, let me ask that's Tony. Did, but this is hey, this is. Yeah. Let's let's rate uh, Jersey guy. You need to rate, raise your hand next time you want to ask a question while while Tony is talking. Yes, yes sir. No, I, I had uh, to jump in. Sorry. Okay. No, that was me. I, I just wanted to follow up on that. I mean, is this is this something that that was factored in when they made that that change this year that you could play four games and not burn the red shirt? Did they understand that what the implications would be and, and like this idea? Or, or is this an unintended consequence? I think it's an unintended consequence. I don't think they thought about what they what they thought about. Who, everybody put the rule in was the opportunity to get these get other guys experience, but not burn an entire year of eligibility. Maybe they thought of, but I know that that was not one of the things in the discussion mix. That hey, oh by the way, it would allow a graduate transfer quarterback. And, and again, it's an unusual situation for a guy. To be the starter, to be, to be successful, and then lose the job. Right. And and, and because because Kelly Bryant only had one year left, he's got to go. Whereas uh, Jalen Hurts at Alabama has two years left, if and that which is why he could afford to stay this year. But but, but can't couldn't Jalen Hurts leave now? And uh, is there any benefit to him doing what what Kelly Kelly Bryant's going to do or, or not? No, no. But it's it's as obviously uh, Jalen Hurts has made the decision He's that going he would rather it. stick with these guys and have a chance to get another national championship. Yeah, right? just to help you know he wants he wants to get in the team picture for another championship. I understand. Well, that. and he again, if Kelly Bryant stayed at Clemson, he'd be done. Right. Jalen Hurts stayed at Alabama. He's still got a year left. Look, Tony, go transfer. Tony, the hot rumor is that Kelly Bryant it may end up at Auburn. Uh, that's what I saw today rumbling around because uh, everyone, everyone's figured and Jared Stidham will will he can opt out after this year, right? After the NFL, correct. Uh, correct. So I mean, so you got all these other kind of not only these moves but these moves to counter. The counter. I mean, you're saying Clemson, Clemson did this to because of what Alabama 
did, and now you know, and I'm sure I'm sure Alabama, Alabama's not gonna be too upset if Kelly Bryant goes to to Auburn. I mean, they you know, but that's you know, now it's I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the arch rival of the uh, uh, you know. Well, because the, the reality is what Alabama's doing, what Ohio State's doing with Haskins, what Clemson wants to do with Trevor Lawrence, that is the future. And if you're gonna compete for the national championship, you better be able to do some of that. Yeah. And Kelly Bryant couldn't do that. Uh, and Jalen Hurts couldn't do that. And that's why they're no longer starting quarterbacks, even despite these great records they have. Uh, Herbie, uh, Notre Dame's going through the same thing now. Very successful starting quarterback. 3-0 and this year. Is Brandon Wimbush going to going to transfer? I mean, is he going? I mean, he's is he going to do the same thing? Or uh, he, I know he's, he's not, not happy. He's not no happy. Indications along those lines. I mean, there's just a hint of speculation that he might change positions. You know, yeah. get him on the field because he, he's athletic. But I don't. I don't see that at this point. I mean, it. It. I haven't heard anything like that, and I, I think that he seems to be committed to staying there. The other part about this is as high as everybody is on Ian Book, and, and I'm not doubting that, I, I want to see him play you know, against Stanford and, and then see how all of this develops before we were, we're certain that, that Ian Book is the quarterback of the uh, present and future. <laughs> you, you, want to see, <laughs> you want to see him do it against a, a defense that, uh, where the coordinator is not fired <laughs> after, the, after the performance, I guess, do it against somebody else? Uh, <laughs> Well, he'll get well, his chance this week. Yeah. Well, it's it's just a Notre Dame is is a very different situation than than these other places. I mean, I, that door doesn't open for Ian Book if, if Wimbush is playing well. I mean, it's not a lot. He doesn't have that obvious. His liabilities are not physical they, the way they might be perceived at Clemson. Oh, you know, in terms of throwing the ball, I, I, I just think Notre Dame is much more of a of a situation in flux than uh, than people realize. Yeah, well, Jersey guy, I'm going to bring your alma mater into this uh, because we're the next the next shoe to drop in this is is the Miami quarterback, uh, right. Malik Rozier. The talk is this week he's going to be sat. Now this guy obviously has a winning record. I mean, they're 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 uh, three and one this year. Uh, they went to the uh, a big bowl game last year, and and now he's gonna, he may get sat down too. I mean, you are you okay with your school doing this? This is your you yeah, know, because because Rozier has, has always been an uneasy, uh, uh, even when he was doing well, uh, you know, Mark Rick was not happy with him completely, and and everyone was uneasy. He was too inconsistent. I mean, and then then when they started out against against you know Florida International and, and came up two series and, and did nothing, Mark says I'm pulling the plug. And and the kid and it brings another freshman, a, a retro freshman in. He throws three touchdown passes, throws three touchdowns, and all of a sudden, okay, game change. I mean, it's it's not. It, I don't think it's a controversy here. I just think that that Rozier was too inconsistent, and 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 my and Rick knew it. He had he had a, he had to go. They have a tough schedule coming up. They got people coming up. They got to play with, with play with a beat, including Clemson. So I think this is a move that was was needed to make. And 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 he's. I mean, he's dealing with the freshmen, so there's some. You know, uncertainty about that, but I think it was a move that had to be made. Yeah, well, Tony, Tony, uh, what what happens if Trevor Lawrence gets injured on the second play <laughs> this week, and then and, and and Kelly Bryant is gone? What what happens they, if uh, Clemson? They got national? real problems. I have I have no idea. Here's the other. I have no idea who the number three quarterback is, but they lost two quarterbacks in in the spring 
because everybody saw what Trevor Lawrence could do. Hunter Johnson, and I forget the other kid's name, they left. <laughs> yeah. They left in the spring saying, we ain't beating out this guy. Well, so they, they, Clemson's got a real problem. Well, that'll be the, that'll be the next uh, repercussion. And, you know, it, already, it sort of happened. It already happened at Nebraska this year um, because their quarterback got hurt. Uh, right. Well, they, he won the job, and the other guy left, and then the quarterback got hurt in the opener, and they were left with a walk-on uh, to play. So, uh, you know, that if, if this happens at, at the highest to a top-four team, uh, you know, then you're really going to see this this new rule play out at the highest level where they're, you know, the stakes are – are much higher, but it, it's pretty, it, you know, it's as much as we say, it's not a, uh, you know, a, a business, it's a business. And uh, when you, when you're going, when you go 54 and seven, there's three, three starting quarterbacks and you get benched. Uh, you know, that, that's why, that's why I say more power for them uh, to be able to leave. You know, if you're, if you're doing your job and, you, and you're still not getting, uh, you know, you're, and, that, and that's not good enough, then you should have the option to leave too. It's, it's an interesting, uh, Interesting situation, but uh, a lot going on uh, this week. Um, you know, uh, we Blau. You, I thought Blau had a uh, our jersey, our uh, TMG newsmaker of the week. I thought it was really interesting because he focused on two Hawaii quarterbacks, right? That played peewee football together, and we we think our research department has, uh, has determined this is unprecedented. Uh, Central Florida quarterback. Mackenzie Milton and Alabama quarterback Tua and Tony. I, I give you credit for for just saying his name so freely and loosely. <laughs> you hey, I've had I've had to learn, Bubba. <laughs> I gave up a Tua. I just said Tua. I, I, Tua. I, I said I said That's Tua all I, I tag, Tua tag 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 Tony. It looks like Tago Vela Veloa, but it's Tonga Veloa. Tonga Veloa. Hey, we we asked him. I remember asking him at some function, and he said Tonga Valoa. Yeah, well, well, so so these two quarterbacks, who right now are uh, certainly in the in the Heisman discussion. Uh, one is uh, Tua, I think, is the, is the front runner right now. Uh, but Mackenzie Milton is a really, and I got to watch a, a lot of that Friday night game. Uh, let me tell you, boy. I mean, Central Florida is good. I mean, offensively, they're as good as anybody, uh, and that quarterback is good. Uh, but to, to play, to be Pop Warner teammates in this small uh, city in, in in Hawaii, and and then become Heisman candidates. I mean, that's like. Uh, and then you have uh, Marcus Mariota, who who is also from uh, uh, St. Louis School. St. Louis Hawaii, St. Louis yeah. School. Uh, Mark, this is a. Uh, did you? What did you do? Just a Google search on this and found the. Yeah, I just looked it up, and then and 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 going back to that when they when they played against each other, I mean they played two games against each other in high school. I mean one one game was was uh, amazingly is that uh, you know Milton started and and, and took a twenty one nothing lead. Then guess what? Tony Tua came off the bench and threw three touchdown passes and and, and got them back in the game. But I mean of course it, he did. You know <laughs> what a what a shock. And then they they played again a year later, but but. Uh, Milton got hurt in the game, and then two won that. So they were one one in high school, and then they went out to college. But the, but it's a great. I mean that that twenty mile area producing those three quarterbacks in, yeah. in, in, in Hawaii is pretty pretty impressive. We're we're saying this is different now out here where I live. You know we have Modern Day, which is sort of a factory high school, like kind of like Moeller Moeller High or any kind of big uh, production high school that you want to think of. 
Now, they've had two Heisman winning quarterbacks. You know, they had John Hewitt at Notre Dame and Matt Leinart. Uh, and now, you know, JT Daniels, the USC quarterback now, who could be in the Heisman race next year, they all went, you know. Uh, um, so you have that. And you also had Reggie Bush, Heisman winner, and Alex Smith, uh, the quarterback for Utah. Uh, they played in the same high school, Helix High. And on the you know the same year they were in the same backfield. That's as close as I could come to, to kind of the yeah. uh, the Hawaii connection. But uh, you know this is this is a uh, this is a little bit different. So I was going to ask you guys too about. And I want to get to uh, uh, with Tony and I want to ask him about Kentucky. Uh, I want to talk about the almost the almost loss. How does an almost loss hurt hurt you in the end? I'm I'm referring to. Two teams specifically, Penn State almost lost to Appalachian, Oklahoma almost lost to Army uh, last week. Does that have any? And then you and maybe you look at Stanford, which should have lost to Oregon. Uh, Is a win is a win is a win is a win in this in the way this system's set up? Um, Who wants to jump in on this? It only matters. It only almost lost. Only matters. When you get down to the last week of the season, and or the last selection by the committee, and they're looking for something to differentiate between teams who seemingly have pretty much the same resume, and if Oklahoma at twelve and one is going against, I don't know, Penn State at eleven and one or something like that for a spot, yeah. And uh, Penn State's only loss was by three points to Ohio State, and and Oklahoma almost lost to Army. Then, then I think it pl- comes into play. But particularly this early, we're not even out of September yet. It, I think the more time that you're separated from that almost loss, it has less and less impact. Right. I, I agree. I mean, I I think uh, I think uh, a win is a win is a win in September. I, I really. I mean. Appalachian State and Army, yeah, I mean, okay, but people will forget that. And like Tony said, unless you're you're breaking down the nitty gritty to where you're comparing every every game and almost every quarter of two teams and say, oh, looking for weaknesses, well, then you can say, okay, they they almost lost to Army and they almost lost. Why why Ohio State didn't have any 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 close games and Oklahoma had one close game against Army. That's a tiebreaker, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but it you, varies. That's that. But you lose that. You lose that game. On any number of bounces, and you lose that game. Sure. Then it's disqualified. That's what I'm talking about. The margin of being. It doesn't matter if you win it, but one little bobble, and it, you're, you, it could be a disqualifying defeat. Uh, you know, that, that's well, kind of the razor's edge we're talking about. It's like Ohio State last year. I mean, they 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 lose. You know, it's obviously a really good team, the Big Ten champ, but they lost by 31 on the road to a bad Iowa team. You just yeah. can't you can't ignore that if you're committed. No, right. But early is earlier is better for sure. I, I don't sure. think I agree with you guys. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, we can remember when uh, Ohio State had a loss in September to Virginia Tech and ended up not only getting in but winning the championship. So you don't you know, and that's that's a different kind of, of a deal when you lose to a Virginia Tech than an and an App State. But I, I don't think that, that it's a real high factor unless you really start splitting hairs against very comparable teams. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but it's, it is interesting with the razor's edge that we're talking about here, uh, the difference in those, you know, 
Oklahoma could have you know easily lost that game, and obviously Penn State could have easily lost that game too, but they didn't, and I guess that's the bottom line. Uh, Tony, I'm rushing to get to, I think the most interesting story in the SEC right now is the rise of Kentucky, and not only the rise of Kentucky, but and Jersey guy and I were talking about it yesterday. We were looking at their schedule this year, um, and not only are they four and zero. They've got a very favorable. Again, we talked about you playing a fourteen-team league, and 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 with all the crossover misses, they miss uh, Alabama, LSU, and Auburn. I think in the West. It's a, I mean, how this is this is good. Is this a nine or ten win team we're looking at? It could be. I think Saturday night against South Carolina is is crucial. That's that's a fifty-fifty game. I think the line's two and a half. Kentucky's favored. They need to follow up a great performance against Mississippi. I mean, they, they didn't just beat Mississippi State guys. They lined up and kicked their butts for 60 minutes, 28 to 7, uh, you know, against what I thought was a pretty good team. If, if Kentucky can win this game, then they are set up to have a real nice season. Now, look, they, they still got to play Georgia on November 3rd. Uh, but, yeah, they miss, they miss out on the big boys from uh, the other side. The other side. But it's just a testament, and the story we uh, I posted on TMGCollegeSports.com just sort of I had a chance to, to talk to Mark Stoops and the athletic director Mitch Barnhart yesterday, and uh, just going through. And I've been there a bunch of times over the last few years. I've seen them build it, and uh, and they've got really good players. Benny Snell could play for anybody. Yeah, so yeah. I think Saturday night against South Carolina is crucial. If they can win that one. Which will be their fifth straight win. I think they they are setting themselves up for a nice season. The first two and zero start in the SEC since nineteen seventy seven, and that seventy seven team was coached by Fran Kersey. Now I've told this story many times. Fran Kersey <laughs> is my cousin. I mean, not not like you know kissing cousin or anything else. He's he is my <clears throat> my mother's first cousin. My mother's well, my mother's sister's. Son, um, well, so the best the best players on that Kentucky team was a guy named Derek Ramsey who was a quarterback, and a guy named Art Still who was on the defense. Well, Franny, you know Franny got in a little trouble, and, and I've gotten to know him through the years on the circuit. You know, he he did games for Westwood One, and so I'd see him around the country. And but you know his <coughs> so then I started. You know, I was just a little kid when he when he was a Kentucky coach. But uh, you know, and I know that he got in, he got in big probation trouble at Kentucky. Um, and I'm sure none of it was his fault. But I saw one one of the stories about when Kentucky got in trouble. They went ten and one in was that seven must have been seventy seven. Bowl they were bowl ineligible. But one of the one of the uh, rumors was is that they they offered Elvis Peacock. We all remember one of our favorite players, Elvis Peacock, uh, that was offered a by Kentucky a thoroughbred horse to come to Kentucky. <laughs> that was, you know, that was one of the, uh, one of the alleged allegations. So uh, anyway, it's a, uh, it's, it's a big year for Kentucky. And, uh, and like I said, the schedule, the schedule plays out pretty well. Uh, Tony, our, our boy, uh, uh, Mike Bianchi, who we all, one of our <clears throat> colleagues down there, he wrote, he wrote this week that asking whether Scott Frost regrets leaving central <laughs> Florida for, for Nebraska, uh, it's sort of been, uh, you know, you know, ridiculed a little bit. But 
I don't think so, right? I mean, Mama called. No, no. I did, well, I know Mike really well. I, I go speak down in Orlando <coughs> with you, and he's, uh, he's, he's a big part of that club down there, and they are very supportive of UCF, and as, you know, as they should be. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're, well, let's just put it this way. You go 13-0 at UCF, and you don't get into the playoffs. You go 13-0 in Nebraska, and they, they, you get in with a ticker-take parade. Okay, that's that's the difference, <clears throat> and it's going to take time. They're just not very good. And yeah, I think and that's, you know, that's pretty clear. You know, they've also got, you know, that's a perfect situation for him to have time. Also, being a, you know, the prodigal son, having done so well there, and I, I, I was just looking at some of the media out there, and they're already announcing that this rebuild is going to take longer than originally thought. Uh, he's got time to get this thing right. Well, I mean, when are they going to win? I mean, they—they they, that's uh, uh, you know they lost one game to the um, to the hurricane. I know, but uh, well, this is an interesting week for because they've got weather. Purdue, which is coming off a a huge win over Boston College. <laughs> well, yeah, and, yeah. You know, Purdue is starting to look like the team that, that people had expected, uh, and yet Nebraska. You know, this is this is a huge game for them too because it. This is an opponent that they're going to match up with better than some of the ones down the road. Um, that'll be an that'll be an interesting game in, in a strange kind of a way because obviously Nebraska's in turmoil and Purdue is is wobbly too. But you know this could be their week if, if they get fired up. Well, uh, Jersey guy, what happened to your your Boston College uh, Eagles? You were on the bandwagon last, or somebody was on the bandwagon. Maybe it wasn't you. But uh, right, and no reality, quickly, Re- reality, and I learned my lesson. I mean, you know, fool me, like you said. I mean, they 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 fooled me. I mean, they, 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 I mean, I, I I didn't listen to my, I didn't listen to my head because I I, I, I saw them play, but but they were playing against inferior competition, and then they got fooled themselves. They got ranked for the first time in ten years, and you know they go on the road, and and, and when I when I saw you know, Boston College seven point favorite against a Big Ten team. You know, at home, I, I said, whoa, whoa, what's that about? And then I, when you see Purdue with lost three games by a total of eight points, I said, nah, and guess what? They got exposed, and now they're back to where they were in the start of the season. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. I, they could go either way. And they're playing Temple on Saturday, and Temple lost to Villanova. You know, everyone thought they were, bit, they were, they were down. Then they go out and beat Maryland, uh, you know, the following week. And, and they said, okay, and then they won again, you know, uh, over Tulsa last week. So now let's see what happens. Uh, so I have no idea, but but I'm not getting on any Boston College bandwagon uh, for the foreseeable future, if ever. <laughs> well, how about the uh, Herbie? How about the bandwagon that was building for Illinois through three quarters against Penn State? Uh, really? <laughs> well, they looked they looked like a world beater there. Uh, you know, a couple minutes into the third quarter. Uh, you know, it reminded me actually of. Uh, 94, when Illinois was a lot better, they had a, a world-class set of linebackers, and they jumped on unbeaten Penn State in November. A lot of people came out to see that game. I don't know if any of you guys did, but it was, you know, that was that was a huge national game. And Illinois opened up, I think, a 28-7 to lead, and then Penn State put together, like, a couple of 98-yard drives and, and, and pulled it out. It, this that, wasn't the, as high as stakes, but, you know, Penn State, it, that's going to be interesting to see this week with Ohio State because that run defense, I mean, when you give up 245 rushing yards to Illinois, 
you, yeah. You're calling into question your uh, college football playoff credentials. That that must and that was the greatest cover I think in in sporting history by Penn State because they were looked <laughs> like I mean people that had I think I don't know what it was twenty eight twenty four touchdowns or whatever and they end up covering thirty five <laughs> points in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, so that was a, I call that a, a, a Vegas a bad beat game. Yeah. That was yeah, my, my confidence factor on that pick was not good early in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it was it was it was it, it was an easy. They ended up covering easy. That was a hilarious. That was like uh, that was like the Stanford Oregon game. You know, if you had uh, if you thought Oregon was up 30, <clears throat> 31 to seven, which appeared they, it appeared they were or thirty to seven. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you you went to sleep and opened up the paper. You you were. Uh, you were scratching your head about how that. Didn't happen. Oregon win in that game? Uh, according to a lot of Twitter reports oh, okay. I read. Okay, I saw I saw some well, reports where they where they won. Okay, I saw. <laughs> you know how how about this guys? Uh, when Penn State and Ohio State, you know, who have such fine defensive traditions, get together this week, they are the number one and number two teams in the nation in scoring. Penn State fifty five and a half, Ohio State fifty four and a half. We know we've just gone over. Penn State's got a you know a real suspect run uh, defense, and Ohio State has given up eleven plays of thirty yards or more this year. So I, this is going to be a, a real wild game in, in Happy Valley on Saturday night. Now, Herb. Now I want you to answer this honestly. Will there be any derision directed towards Urban Meyer uh, coming into or you know into into Happy Valley? Well, Will that were the is the crowd going to my 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 guess would be yes. Uh, I think there's a chance of that. Uh, I've already and, I've already seen the Urban Liar T-shirts uh, that are that already been printed uh, and are ready for distribution in in the white the whiteout in the at Penn State. Uh, I imagine there'll be other ugly things uh, directed. Yeah, you know, this one is really dicey. I mean, I remember back in the days when, you know, the Deion Thomas, the basketball player who went to Illinois, he supposedly, you know, had gotten a car and the people would jangle the keys. I, I don't know what the equivalent would be for the Urban Meyer situation, but I, I sincerely hope we don't see anything in bad taste. They should... <laughs> it's gonna... Hey, it's, it's going to be like a Duke basketball. Exactly. <laughs> I, what about? I think they should. I got like the, like, the, like the night through pizza boxes on the floor at Cameron when Lorenzo Charles got introduced. Well, you know, I, I was at Penn State for one late game when Illinois actually had a chance to. I forget whether it was to tie or win, but they had a field goal at the final moment, and there had been a big snowfall, and and the fans were throwing snowballs, and you know, I think that crossed a certain line. When you're throwing snowballs that are, are, are actually reaching the players, or at least getting close enough to uh, distract, well, my, uh, yeah, that, that's not. I think that's unsportsmanlike conduct. My, my favorite is still 2004 when Urban Urban Meyer's U, great Utah team uh, when they beat uh, oh Utah they beat BYU. Yeah, and were any I think Blau where Blau might have been at that game. Uh, but after the game, uh, the signs to the BYU uh, to the players come off the field. One side said, "Where's your God now?" <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. 
that was, you know, you know so these speaking of, of Illinois, uh, Illinois is off this week, but they will thank God go to Rutgers a week Ooh, from Saturday. Yeah, so that's uh, you know that's going to be a, a real uh, hotly contested game to see who can secure a win. And, and I checked on StubHub, you can get tickets to that game for just five dollars. <laughs> there you go. Those are the, that. Those are the games I like to bet. Like on our pick six Friday, I like the degenerate games. You know, these kind of these. <laughs> who's paying it? Kansas playing, you know, Baylor or something like that. Those are the well, fun, the fun ones. Well, how's that? Illinois, which is going to take, I think, an 11-game conference losing streak into Rutgers. I'm guessing they're going to be the favorite. <laughs> well, and, and, and this is why I like, here's an interesting, and this is just, I, I pulled this, you know, Old Dominion. Pulled, when I, I right. talk to people about betting college football games, and, and nobody knows what's going to happen, but Old Dominion is at East Carolina this week. Uh, now I'm telling you, none of you, I, I, I want that game for myself. So don't, don't pick, don't bet on that game. All yours. Cause you know where I'm, yours. you know where I'm going, right? The hangover. Yeah. Hang like again. Oh, I promise you East Carolina's going to win that one. <laughs> oh, come, yeah, oh, come on, dude. Well, I, I, I haven't even seen the numbers on him. I'm looking at, I, I don't know what the line is on it, but, uh, yeah, those are the games. And I tell people that if you're looking at college football, Look at the hangover effect. Um, it's 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 more prominent in college than in any other uh, college football than any other sport. Uh, that's just a little tip for you kids, you know, in case you're interested in getting into this business. Well, there's a game. Uh, I, I looked at the games on, on Saturday, and I, and I looked at it three times, and I see the numbers, and I, I can make total. I can totally justify the numbers, but I but I but I, when I want to say take the team, I go. I don't know. Duke is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Virginia Tech on Saturday. Ooh. Well, the game's at Duke. Ooh. And, 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 yeah. Well, you, yeah, think about it. You know, <clears> well, I, I, well I, Virginia I, Tech lost his quarterbacks that broke his leg. Right. Absolutely correct. And, and and they just give up 56 points against Old Dominion. They're playing on the road. Oh. But I, I, I still have a trouble pulling the, pulling the, pl- uh, the plug and, say, and saying, Duke is gonna is gonna cover that game or oh, win that game. I, I think I, they're I, I, time doing it. So I, I can't be convinced. I, oh, I gotta see it. First. That sounds like a yeah, cover. That I, sounds I, like I, a cover to me. I saw Duke against Northwestern. I was very impressed with them. And even though they right. lost, they lost their quarterback and right. uh, their great DB. They went out and won a really good game the following week at uh, I want to say Baylor. Yeah, Barbie, you're right. All, all the facts say Duke should. That's a legitimate line, but, but which I, I means which means you're not going to win. You right, that's, 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 my, that's my dilemma. You, you know you what, can't Blau? Be paying attention to facts. My I'm going to Blau. We're, I'm going to. I'm going to. We're, we're going to. We're going to give that game to you, so you can go ahead and you, you can have that one. I think because I I don't know. I, I you think Virginia Tech has has any has a bounce back? I mean, do you think this is going to affect them? Doof, I don't know. That's that's my that's my dilemma. I, I don't. Well, they also I, they've got they've got a, a quarterback down too. Right, they? right, right. I mean, that's that's and didn't they kick one of their best players off the team? Yeah, that's they right. Did. So turmoil. Right. That sounds like turmoil to me. Turmoil. Well, that was interesting. Every, I, everything points one one way. You're right. That, that's that's my dilemma. Every play one points one way. But I'm still having trouble saying that Duke is going to win that game. And was this? Well, the, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I got that on my watch list. And if I say anything, I think it would have to be Duke. I wouldn't. Right. Well, that's okay. that's a lot of contra information to to go out on a limb with. And for no and, kidding. And right. for the and for the career that Bud Foster has had at Virginia Tech, which has been a great career. <laughs> That had to be the worst. That had to be the, the the worst game of his his life, right? I mean, 
Uh, give, let, watch an old Dominion. And who, who made that game? That's another question. Why would Tony? Do you have any insight as to why this game? I don't. No, I don't. But I'm guessing. I'm guessing it was a two for one or a three for one. Yeah, it's actually. Uh, I think they said three. I saw something on that. Uh, they're going to go there two more times. What? Over a long <laughs> stretch of time, but they go there because they got a ton of alumni there, and, oh, and I forget yep. what the other not, connection yeah, was. Not anymore. It's a great recruiting area. Yeah, for who? Yeah, for for. And, and, you know, two, three times over ten or fifteen years. Uh, that's too many. <laughs> I think. They, I think well, I, first of all, guys, you just don't think you're going to walk into the Monarchs' home field <laughs> and not pay a price for that. You tell, just don't think that. But so. tell me one. Tell me a a, re, a, a reputable and Virginia Tech has been long a a program, as we would say, program not a program. What program? Makes a game where they go to Old Dominion. I don't, I just don't, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. There's no, it's only, the risk reward of that is way too high, as we found out. Well, well, Miami went to Appalachian State. Yeah, was that, that was crazy. That was, Miami was playing at Appalachian State. How did that happen? That was crazy. That, that, that was a two for one. That's right. stupid. That's crazy. I, I, and I told you that when they did it. I said, why are they, why are they playing this game? It makes no sense to me. So, but you know, Miami's not exactly a big draw at home. Maybe they just want to get away from from uh, Miami, so people you get more people at the game, play in front of something. Unless that's changed. So, uh, let's move on. We're, let's wrap up. We're we're we're, uh, we're getting into the, the thirty minute uh, mark, but uh, which is fine. But this is an I, I this I this really struck me because I'm looking at two top ten games matchups this weekend. That don't involve the SEC, which is hard to do. <laughs> you know, it's like that. I mean, that's like uh, you know, that's like spitting in the wind, in the rain, and not, you know, and not getting wet. But uh, but this, we we talked about Ohio State at Penn State. We also have Stanford at Notre Dame, which uh, you know, Stamp because Stanford did actually win that game, contrary to public reports. Uh, we've got a we've got a top ten matchup in in South Bend, Herbie. Uh, this has been a really good series. Um, you know, it, it, you hate to say that it's it's kind of uh, superseded or uh, USC Notre Dame, but um, since Stanford got good about ten years ago, this has maybe been a better matchup year in and year out. Yeah, I think you're right because USC hasn't held up its end of the bargain. And I'm not, you know, this is another one of those games. I'm not really sure what to make of it because Stanford obviously has got that stout defense, and and I think that that'll actually be a, a having book. I think will be a positive in the long run because he's gonna he's gonna be wiser under center. Uh, the X factor to me might be Dexter Williams. They're getting Notre Dame's getting their uh, suspended running back. Back on the field, uh, all indications are a very secretive process. But if he comes back, and you know he, he's he's probably their best running back uh, on the roster. If he comes back and, and can move the ball a little bit, that'll help because I, you know Stanford is as we saw that's a resilient team on defense, and and they've got a terrific running back. I mean, there's Stanford's got a lot of ways to play the game, and, and we'll find out how many Notre Dame has. Yeah, uh, Stanford. I mean, I've been I'm really impressed with uh, their quarterback KJ Costello. 
who's he's got a little moxie in him. I mean, he's he's a he's you know he, he kind of has a swagger and not a, a you know, kind of a Brett Favre like swagger. He's not Brett Favre. But here's the interesting thing about Stanford. They have like four receivers who are six three or, or, or taller, and they have a play. I, I think they have the most unstoppable play in college football right now. When they get in the red zone, they throw it to uh, their six five receivers who box out like basketball players in the end zone, and you can't stop it. I mean, the best cornerbacks in the world cannot uh, cannot stop it. And there was a stat that was remarkable last year. Stanford did not have a a uh, passing touchdown uh, that did not result you know in the end zone. They had no receiver run into the end zone with a touchdown. They, all their touchdowns are are are, lock, are these kind of these box outs. So I, I, they are, are they are pretty well rounded. They should have lost at Oregon. I mean, they should have lost. So we can't you know I want to get too excited about it, but. Uh, you know the other the other factor I think that might play in the Notre Dame's favor is I mean not not only did they you know have this incredibly difficult you know that that win is uplifting but before that can take a lot out of you and then to go on the road think about who goes on the road to Oregon and then and then goes on the road to Notre Dame I mean that's a that's a pretty tough back to back especially when you consider the amount of travel involved well you know who does that is Notre Dame that's the only other team I can think that that does that. You know, yeah, Notre- quality opponent. I guess they, you know, I guess they do on occasion in, in November. But this is that's a that, that that's kind of a make that makes Stanford more questionable to me. Just that cumulative effect of back to back games like that. Well, they they're they have an unassailable schedule. I think that's the thing about Stanford and USC. If they can get through, uh, you know, USC always plays Notre you know, Notre Dame, and so does Stanford. Uh, so yeah, but I, I still. The, the David Shaw theory of football, which is very NFL-like, and that's fine, uh, but they play so many close games in the fourth quarter that they they usually lose two of them, or two or three of them, and that's just not good enough for the college football playoff, the way it's it's constructed. But, uh, you know, if they can get a couple lucky bounces and, and they get past Notre Dame, uh, I you know, undefeated Stanford is in the college football playoff. Are they not? not, not, not I don't think it's going to happen, but are, wouldn't they be in? Oh, I think so. No, oh, yeah. No question. But who who might they kick out? Who would they kick out in in that scenario? The, the Oklahoma. That that that's. I'm a guessing tough. the Big Twelve champ. Yeah. Well, that's. Whoa, a, whoa, whoa, whoa! Undefeated Oklahoma gets bumped out by undefeated Stanford. I don't think so. Well, that Army game. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> See, we talked about... See, now, that would be a fascinating discussion. Because you're not, you're not going to leave out undefeated Alabama. You're not no. going to leave out undefeated Clemson. No. Okay. You're not going to leave out the Ohio, undefeated Ohio State. No. So who's the... Four- and we all know we're not going to have that many undefeated teams. We know that. Right. But Mark's right. Who, are you going to leave out, you're going to leave out Oklahoma nope. versus... If the if, if the re- the question you have to ask if the resume is the same, right? Well, who gets left out? That's when the Army game comes. That believe me, that's when Army people start talking. Coach about Dufresne, it. I'm I'm here to tell you right now, Stanford ain't getting in over Oklahoma. Well, if if the re- if if the resume is the same, okay. Well, Stanford. 
if Stanford wins this weekend, that's a win over a top ten team. If Stanford beats Washington in a couple, that's a win over a top ten team. Uh, so how how does Oklahoma? Who's Oklahoma going to beat? West Virginia undefeated West Virginia. Okay, well, well, uh, well. All right, well. Yeah. Who? Texas. Well, he, he, hey, here's a question. No, no it's not going to happen. What if Oklahoma beats undefeated West Virginia once and then turns around and beats well, twice in two weeks? No, Does I'm not, the committee hold that against them? I'm yes. not yet. I'm not getting in any discussion about Stanford being undefeated because that's not going to happen. So you're no. I'll, I'll just go on record as saying I'm not. I'm not as solidly convinced that that Oklahoma is automatically going to get the nod. Uh, I don't it think is, it's really. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so hypothetical at this point. I mean, I, I watched Oklahoma against Iowa State. That was not a that was that was not a world class defensive effort there either. I mean, if you want to start nitpicking and and eye testing, uh, you know, Oklahoma. If Stanford run, if they both run the table, then we'll have we'll have plenty of body of work to uh, to discern which one is better. I think we'll know by the time we get there. Right. I'm just not. I'm just saying. I'm not sure which one it would be. Uh, Tony, you were you were uh, very. Um, although it was, it got a little interesting. I talked about LSU last week having a letdown, uh, and 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 you know, wasn't that was an interesting game in the third quarter? LSU made it look look good on the scoreboard, but uh, Syracuse at Clemson. Syracuse is four and zero. Syracuse beat Clemson. Uh, new quarterback. Uh, what? No chance for Syracuse. Tony at at Clemson, yes, yes, no, no. <laughs> All right, I agree. I agree. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, I'm trying to give uh, and and what other uh, SEC games are you? Uh, it's kind of a you know, it's not it's not a marquee week as, as most weeks are. What's 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 the game that you're looking at? Well, I, I mentioned South Carolina yeah. and Kentucky. The, the other interesting storyline is Dan Mullen going back to Mississippi State, right? Florida played much better than I thought they would. Tennessee's an absolute disaster. We would need a whole separate conference call or pod to talk about how bad Tennessee is. But Mullen, who was at Mississippi State for nine years, built that program with the eight straight bowls, got him to number one. He's going back. But the only question I have is Mississippi State did not play well last week. Does that temper some of that excitement? The Cowbells will be out in full force, but that that's that's the other good storyline in the SEC this week. Yeah. All right. anybody anybody got anything else? What's on? Well, you know, the other one I would mention uh, Northwestern. Oh, stop! Home, home to Michigan this week, and uh, their their running back Jeremy Larkin oh, announced yeah, the other day that he needs to retire. He's got a medical issue that, yeah, that, that. he's he's done with football for life. Uh, not injured at the moment, but there's some kind of a spinal concern. Right. Uh, at any rate, he's he's gone. They get thin there. Uh, you know, when they lost to Akron a couple weeks ago, they were they were without two of their offense, two or three of their offensive linemen. Some one guy might have played limited. At any rate, th- those guys should be back, but we'll see. You know, and then now they're going to play a Michigan. Northwestern's got a brutal schedule this year. They've got Wisconsin and Notre Dame coming in. Later in the year, uh, this is a season that just could really get away from uh, Northwestern very, very quickly. I'll be interested to see how they hold up against a Michigan team that's really hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, did we uh, did we give up on Michigan too soon? I think everyone was ready to say 
He's no, not, he's I think they might be dangerous. I mean, this this might be a year that Jim Harbaugh fools us. Yeah, know. and you know the way that the way that uh, Notre Dame game unfolded. I mean, they they got smacked in the mouth early, and and it just they didn't have the right offensive tools, you know, with the new quarterback and everything to go back again, you know, to come back against a, a, a really quality Notre Dame defense. So, yeah, Michigan is looking like, you know, they'll, they'll be under the radar until they, you know, show that they can play with a Penn State or an Ohio State. But 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 that's a pretty quality uh, team there. Yeah. Um, is that it? Everybody everybody good? <clears throat> I think we good. I think we pulled it off again. Uh, minimal distractions. And uh, all right, well, until next week, we will reconvene at this hour, at this time, at this day. Not at this day, but next week at this time. Until then, adios. Okay.